The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the voice. This is of Search Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to be talking about SEO from the perspective of a marketer who runs a high-profile web design and development firm. Joining us is Andy Crestadina, who is the co-founder and chief marketing officer at Orbit Media, which is an award-winning web design and development firm based in Chicago. And since 2001, Orbit Media has completed over a thousand web design projects spanning across multiple different industries, including e-commerce, lead generation. They do responsive web design and integration projects. And today, Andy is going to share some of his learnings about SEO while doing web development. And we're going to start off the conversation talking about the content strategy for the top 1% of brands. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not, because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings, and AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, on with the show. Here's my conversation with Andy Crestadina, the co-founder and CMO of Orbit Media. Andy, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for having me, Benjamin. I'm glad to be here. Excited to have you as our guest. Excited to hear a little bit about the overlap between web design and SEO. Let's start off talking a little bit about you, your company, and your services. Talk to us about why you are a prominent speaker in the SEO circuit, but you really do web design. How does that work? So we'd always done pretty well in search from the very beginning because, well, the very, very beginning, we were an outsourced agency to to design firms, other companies that didn't have programmers. So we were like a subcontractor. But after we figured out search, after we figured out lead gen, we began to find clients directly and started working with people on our own. And we went from a you know a two-person company to a 40-person company over these last, it's been 20 years. So from the very, very beginning, I realized I needed to better understand search. I needed to understand analytics and measurement. And it wasn't long before we built search into our process and cracked the code on how to build uh, search-optimized websites and never looked back. 
you had a great line of copy on your website that stuck out to me when I was doing research for this podcast. Launching a website is just the beginning. And you know, obviously, we talk a lot about website technical optimization. I want to talk to you a little bit about content strategy today. When you are producing websites, there's the basic blocking and tackling. What does it look like? What's the structure, some of the technical elements? But you actually are also involved in some of the content strategies for some of the larger brands. Let's say the top 1%. Talk to me about what some of the common themes of their content strategy are. Sure. So every keyword equals intent. That's the first thing to understand in search, of course. Keywords are simply intent. So for some keywords, there's commercial intent. A person needs to spend money. And for some keywords, there's an information intent. That person's just looking for answers. So web design is about building a set of pages that are optimized for the commercial intent key phrases. Those are sales pages, conversion optimized to get people to take action, buy a product, become a lead. The blog section of every website is where the content targets information intent queries. It's that mini version of Wikipedia. It's that little magazine that sits next to your sales pages. There's two kinds of key phrases, commercial intent and information intent. There's two kinds of visitors, people who need products and services and people who are just looking for information. And there's two kinds of web pages, the salesy brochureware part of your website and the content marketing section, in the, which is usually called blogger resources or whatever. Okay. So web design is about building the search optimized mousetrap, right? The, the sales pages. And we do that for clients every day, but I coach people. I've become relevant for that topic of SEO and content strategy, which is about putting out an endless stream of helpful, useful, relevant things that make you better known to an audience and keep you top of mind for when they might actually need your help. That strategy. So we've said before on the podcast and Jordan Cooney, one of our advisors, friend of the program, always says there's three types of SEO queries and they're very similar to yours. Purchase intent, informational and navigational. Yep. Essentially, there's a third type of page that we reference, which is how do you get from point A to point B? Your login pages, things along those lines. Sure. When you're breaking up content into, you know, for you, the, the two columns, informational and essentially transactional content, yep. mm-hmm. and you're focusing on the biggest, the most influential brands, what separates what they're doing from what some of the other companies are doing? Yeah, the top 1% content strategy is part of a, a framework that we outlined where we broke down some of the most effective tactics across strategies and showed what percentage of companies do those things. And then when you combine them all, you'll find that on average, maybe 1% of companies combine these four key elements in their strategy. The first one is simply documenting your content mission statement, which something like only 28% of brands have ever done. The second one is publishing original research, which the majority of brands don't do. Next is writing for other people's websites. Something like two thirds of bloggers do write for other websites. A third of bloggers never get off their own site and just always their content is 100% on site. It's all owned. They don't get any earned media. There's no PR element. And then the fourth element is influencer marketing. And my approach to influencer marketing is sort of the organic influencer marketing, which is including others in your content simply through contributor quotes, roundups, interviews. Right now we're doing a version of organic influencer marketing. So we put those together, multiply the numbers of the percentage of strategies that include those elements. You get to something like 1%, literally only 1% of content strategies include those four things. I'm actually a little surprised, Andy. When I thought we were talking about content strategy, what my expectation was is how do you figure out what your topics are? How do you figure out what your keywords are? More of the Mm -hmm. sort of blocking and tackling of the production of your content And really, when you look at a content strategy, you're thinking not only of 
what you're writing, but also where you're publishing it, who you're working with. So let's talk a little bit about that strategy, getting into, and we'll break it down using the the four buckets that you mentioned. First off, writing your content mission statement. Why is that relevant? Why is that important? You are statistically more likely to show success in your digital marketing if you create a content mission statement. This is the survey year after year. Content Marketing Institute and Marketing Profs do the same survey. And every year it shows. You're three times as likely to report success in digital if you document your content marketing mission statement. In its simplest form, it says, our content is where audience X finds information Y for benefit Z. So on our site, it's like, our content is where digital marketers find practical tips about content strategy, analytics, and uh, web design to get better results from their websites. So part of the magic of that is not just knowing what you're talking about, avoiding topics that are outside your strategy, but also making sure that you've got good calls to action. If you repurpose your content mission statement as a call to action, your email subscribe rate will explode because you've given people a reason to subscribe. If you look at the CTAs on my website, it says something like, join the 16x number of people who receive bi-weekly web marketing tips. I got a 4,000% increase in my email subscriber conversion rate when I changed to that from my previous CTA, which said something like email sign up submit. Visitors do not do things unless you give them a reason to do it. The reason to do it is called the call to action. The call to the action is basically a repurposed content marketing mission statement. Okay. So figuring out why you're creating the content, what the purpose of it, who it's for and what the purpose of it, what the the value created by consuming the content is going to be is what creates your mission statement. And that's important because it helps you make sure that you're aligned to your goals and keeps you focused on the purpose of your content. Moving on, the second part of the content strategy was... Publishing original research. It's uh, Most brands do not publish original research. SEMrush is great at this. There's lots of brands that are great at this. It's been the most successful thing we've ever done in digital. If you can publish a statistic that is unique to your site, where your site was the first place that statistic appeared... You are a categorically different company. Your website is in a different category, literally, like you're the primary source. If I were doing a content audit, which isn't exactly the service we offer, I would look at that brand and say, is there any information on this website for which this website is the primary source? Most websites, there is nothing. But what do people link to? What do people share? Sound bites, Benjamin. It's so obvious. If you've been doing this a while, you know it. People link to sound bites. People link to statistics. Statistics make other people's content more credible. Everyone's looking to make their content more credible. So if you make your site the primary source, you'll win links day in and day out. I have individual articles with literally thousands of links to them. Why? Because they have statistics that support other people's messages. Super powerful. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. 
Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So that's interesting. You know, we create a content archive here for the Voices of Search podcast. And I don't know if I would say that we're publishing own research, but we are creating original content. Is it that you have to do research and write about those studies or is creating original content, this type of interview, is that enough? Not enough. Doesn't put you in the 1%. Statistics. Is there any new information? Think of it this way. In every industry, there are missing statistics, right? For example, podcasts, you know, what's the average number of episodes that podcasts last before people throw in the towel? 13. There's a number. I heard it once. It was like 20 something. Yeah, I've heard 13, but... 13. Okay, great. So we're citing a, a data point, right? Let's say I'm writing an article on podcasting. Whoever published that number 13 is going to win a link from me. Why? Because they are a statistic that supports my message. It's not just original content. Anyone can publish a new article, right? But it's a categorically different type of article if there is new primary data in it that makes you the bibliography for other people's content. It's a a huge part of link building. Okay. So producing original content and using your own research, creating your own metrics, essentially, that can be grabbed for linking purposes. Talk to me about the third pillar of your content strategy. The third pillar I listed was writing for other websites. Unless your site has a huge authority score, you need to be publishing a lot on other people's sites. In fact, the lower your authority score in SEMrush or domain authority in Moz, whatever you're using, the lower your the level of authority of your domain, the more you should be writing for other websites. If I was launching a brand new brand, I'd probably make two-thirds of my content guest posts. You're going to reach a bigger audience. You're going to win links. So a lot of content programs never write for anybody else. If you want to be in the top 1%, you've got to write for multiple sites. So there's a chicken and egg problem here. If you spend all your time writing for other sites, sure, you get the visibility, but you don't have the content archive or the way to stay engaged with the people that you're driving to your site. How do you find the balance between writing your own content and writing content for somebody else's archives? Begin by writing three or four super deep articles for your own site, ideally original research, and then go on your guest blogging tour and you'll find a million reasons to keep referencing your content. Those editors aren't going to remove your links because they're referencing the primary source, the data on your site, the actual study. So I would begin by writing a couple of very long form, deep posts, super detailed, thorough, exhaustive articles first, which by the way, the editors aren't going to accept your guest posts anyway until they see some quality that you've produced on your own site. And then get into the mode where you're writing maybe two thirds of your content on other sites until you get up into the 30s and 40s. Maybe half of your articles are on your site, half for other sites when you're in the 40s and 50s. When your authority score is like in the 60s, it's far less important to write for other sites. All right. So you're basically able to boost your authority score by continuing to write for other brands, referencing back to the research that you've created. And the last part of your SEO, your content strategy for elite brands is to work with influencers. Now, this seems pretty similar to writing content for other people's archives. What's the difference between writing guest blog posts and working with influencers? Well, you're never going to build thousands of links to your website by winning links one at a time with guest posts. 
guest posts take me like five to seven hours to create and pitch and promote after they're live. <laughs> That's a lot of work for a link, right? But how can you build a net? So you've got original research. So you have a super link worthy piece of content. The second key ingredient in grow in attracting links all day long is to have relationships with other content creators who write for high authority websites. So work backwards. How do you build relationships with content creators who write for high authority websites? Well, the best way is to kind of give them what you're hoping to get from them later. Reach out to people while you're creating something, ask them for their input on it, ask them for their insights, ask them for a contributor quote, and fill your content with other voices, faces, names, input, expert points of view, opinions, advice. I would never write an article without a contributor quote from at least one person. Those can be experts that make the content better, but they're also frequently writers who write for high authority sites themselves. Cost zero. You're a press hit to them. They know about your article. You've built a relationship with them. You're building your network. So for example, in a piece of original research, I'm going to find five or six experts who write for high authority sites, include their insights on my piece of original research. Now they automatically know about it. In fact, they know about it before it goes live. A lot of people write an article and then start doing outreach. You're too late. <laughs> they wasted an opportunity. Include people in your content. A journalist would never write an article without a source. Why do content marketers keep writing articles without contributor quotes? Yeah, you know, to me, this is interesting because what you're thinking about is content syndication. How am I going to take my article and, and get it distributed? But you're using the influencers as part of your content to engage them early. Andy, as we start thinking about what separates the top 1% of content brands, brands with the top elite 1% content strategies versus the rest of them, you know, are there any of the four categories of your content strategy that you recommend someone focus on first? Or can you time these? Can you sequence these out? or they all have to be happening all at once? Well, you're likely wasting time if you don't create your content marketing mission statement before you begin publishing. Because if you haven't made that yet, you can't write a good call to action. If you can't write a good call to action, every visitor you have to your content is less likely to subscribe. So I would absolutely do that first. Conversion optimize your blog by maxing out everything you can do to improve the conversion rate from visitor to subscriber and then get busy, right? The, every visitor forever after will be more valuable to you if you convert 2% of visitors into subscribers compared to 0.2%, it's a shame to read blogs all the time that have crap calls to action. Those people, they're not even serious about being in the game at that point. I mean, you got to write your mission first or else you don't have a foundation for your strategy. Understand who you are, who you're writing for, and why you're writing the content first to help start your content strategy to be an elite one. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Andy Crestadina, the co-founder and CMO of Orbit Media. In part two of our interview, which will publish tomorrow, Andy and I are going to continue the conversation talking about how to write a blog post that ranks. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to contact Andy, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Crestadina, C-R-E-S-T-O-D-I-N-A. Or you can visit his company's website, which is orbitmedia.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs. 
because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening, head over to voicesofsearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions, your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, and my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed. We're going to publish episodes every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data. 